Amen. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you. He loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Pastor Kevin, can you throw me in that water right there, please? Thank you so much. Man, I love that, that one part there where it was talking about that uh, I don't have time to maintain these regrets because of the fact of how much he cares and loves me. I love that. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. To you here, you that are married, you that are single, happy Valentine's Day to you because you are loved by us and you don't have to be in a relationship in marriage to, to enjoy Valentine's Day because it's all about love, right? And you know that you are loved by God, you are loved by us, and there's other people in your life and your family that love you, and so we just celebrate the, the, the process of love today. How wonderful is it that today um, that we get to celebrate Valentine's Day in church telling God how much we love Him? Is that not incredible? I just love that, that, that we're at a place today that we get to come and celebrate love. We talk about love. We talk about all this kind of stuff. Normally during the week of Valentine's, we, um, you know, have a sermon on love that Sunday. But this Sunday is the day of love. God is love, right? Um, I do want to just give you a couple of little quick announcements. Um, we, if you are an adult and, you know, you, you like to, uh, to laugh, you like to be looked up to, you know, you like goldfish, you know how to tie shoes, we need your help. Back in the nursery, we need, we need, we need you. If, if you are someone that would be willing to help with that, please let uh, Ms. Grayson or Ms. Amanda or myself know, and we'll be glad to, to fix it up where you'll be able to get back there. Our goal is to have you back there once a, a month or once, you know, uh, or once every six weeks or something, but we need help in those areas, so please do that. Um, there was a woman, and she had a, she had a, a dream, and she had a dream. Until it was getting close to Valentine's Day. She said, she told her husband, she said, honey, I, I dreamed that I, that I got a gold necklace. And he said, well, you have to wait to Valentine's Day to find out. So then the next night, she said, honey, I, I dreamed again. I dreamed I had a, a pearl necklace. He said, well, hey, Valentine's coming up. You'll find out. And then, then the next night, she says, honey, I had a dream that I had a diamond necklace. He said, Valentine's coming tomorrow. You'll find out. So tomorrow, she's so excited, she opened up this box, and it was this book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> okay. Me and Jay liked it. You know, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Family is a gift and a challenge. Amen. It, you know, it's, it's both. It, it's incredibly complicated. And, and sophisticated in so many ways you know and it takes it takes commitment and it takes love and it takes dedication you know and, and no matter what your family looks like you know you, you you have that in there you know family reunions you go and you know everybody in that family reunion has has an uncle joe or aunt susie that's like that's the crazy one of the bunch right you know and if you're sitting here today and you're like well we really don't have that well that means you're the crazy one they're all thinking that about you right but I want to talk to you today about, about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 and 7. It just basically tells you about God's love. It says, love is patient and kind. <coughs> Excuse me. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. 
Love never gives up, never lose faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. See, that's some real practical advice right there. So let's just really, really quickly break that, that little down. Love is patient and kind. So what does that mean? It means be patient and kind. We, we should have patience with other people, and we should be kind and have random acts of kindness and do things that are kind. If you're going to love someone, you have to have patience and kind. It is not boastful or proud. Don't allow the poison of, of, of pride to taint your relationship. Don't allow pride and arrogance to come into your relationships where you feel like you're better than the other person or somebody else in your family. That you are all, don't let it be a competition in your family to where you and your family are, are always, or you and your marriage, you're always trying to one up one another and do better than the other. That's not, that's not what the scripture says that we need to do. Love is not self seeking. It puts, as, as, as uh, Craig said a while ago, it puts other needs ahead of yourself. We should look to, to serve, not to be served. That's what love is. Love is not easily angered. There should be no place for hostility in our, in our relationships. Love rejoices in the truth, in the truth. So we should tell the truth and not keep secrets from one another in marriages. We should share with one another and be honest with one another. Love always protects and always serves. So if you're married or you're, you're single and you got a, you got family around you, we should always learn to protect one another and not give up on one another. I know, I know it's hard. I know it's sometimes you're, you're ready to quit and you're like, you want to run. You got a bad relationship going on. You got trouble in your marriage. You got trouble in your family. And you're like, this, I just can't love like that, Pastor. Like, I just can't do that. You know, maybe you're saying that, that I don't know if I can ever attain that kind of love. You know, well, David felt that way in the Bible. In, in Samuel, he, he, uh, he went to, to meet Goliath. He, well, he went to carry some cheese sandwiches out there to his brothers and saw Goliath out there, and he wanted to, these, uh, his, his big, strong warriors weren't going to fight. They were, they, were, they were wimping out. And so David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll, I'll fight him. And so then they said, well, hey, if you're going to fight him, you've got to have armor on. So they put the armor of the king, King Saul, they put that armor on David, and David was a little 14-year-old boy and just swallowed him up. But the thing is, is you're, you're like, then his armor didn't work. No, the thing is, he grew into their armor. Well, how do you, what do you mean? Well, because one day, he became king. He became the most powerful, the most awesome warrior and, and, and king in, histories, in Israel's history. And so he grew up into that. He became king one day. Was, and then you're like, yeah, but he didn't fill up Saul's armor after that. No, it was even better than that. He had his own armor made for him. He grew into it. And that's what we need, we understand, need to understand in life. In life and in love, sometimes you grow into things. You know, I know that, that whenever I became a youth pastor, you know, it was bigger than me. And, and it didn't fit right. And I had to grow into being a youth pastor. And then, you know, then after 18 years, I felt like, you know, I, the armor fit pretty well. You know, when I became a pastor, it was way too big for me. And I am, I am currently growing into being a pastor. You know, when I became a dad, it was way too big for me. And, you know, and, and I feel like I am, I, am, I am fulfilling and growing into being a father. You know, and a husband, whenever I became married, you know, also, again, the, the armor was big. And, and sometimes you just can't, you feel like, I just can't feel that. But you will grow into it as, as I did. 
God will help you grow into your armor, your, the armor of love. God will help you take that and take, take love. And when you're struggling in love here and there and you're trying to do right, but it's so hard because a person's difficult or because the situation's difficult and you keep trying and you give it to God and allow God to help you, He will help you grow into love. But we feel sometimes like we're not prepared. We feel like we're, we're not equipped you know, but the thing is, we gotta, we got to not give up. we got to say, you know what? In time, it will work out, and I will be able to, to, to show the love that I need to show. But because of my past, because of my hurt, because of the pain that I've had of people, you know, betraying me and doing me wrong, these other things, because of all that, then, then I will have to, I will, I will grow in this love, and, and I'll get stronger in being able to show love to my, my, my spouse, to, to my kids, to my family, to my family members, you know. I, I, and I believe today that we're all facing some kind of Goliath in your life. And I want you to know, I really believe through this week's study and this message that I believe that God was sharing me that there's some Goliaths in this house and on, on lion, online that are going to fall. You know why? Because do, do you know why God allows Goliaths to come into your life? So the David in you can rise up. You know, because we feel insignificant. We feel like, but the David can rise up in you and you can say, hey, who is this devil that's, that's trying to take my family? Who is this devil that's trying to, to destroy my relationships? Who is this devil that's trying to do this and take my job? Who is this? You know, and then you, you can take that and you can fight that enemy and you can fight that and you can take a swing or, or as David would, would took a, take a sling, you know. And, and I know you may say, Pastor Doug, are you telling me to take a rock and hit my, my spouse? No, I'm not, I'm not saying sling at your wife or your husband, you know. Um, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I got, I, if you want to see him, I, when I went to Israel, I went to that valley where, where um, he, him, uh, David and Goliath fought, and I picked up some rocks that were right there were where the, the little, the little um, river would have been at, the spring, and I, and I went down the road to the little store and found um, some, a similar type of sling that they said he would have used. Um, the other day I was on social media and I saw this, this guy and he had a slingshot, and it was pretty long, and, and, and uh, and he and he he sit there and he, he had something way far away and he slung that thing and let that rock go and oh it, it probably went 200 miles per hour i mean it was i could not believe the velocity of that rock and when you see that video i started to show it this morning you, when you see that video you have no question on how 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 goliath died when that when that thing slung out of that one and it's moving the velocity is so fast you know but David looked at him and, and, and said, I've come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And he was saying, I have a purpose in my life, and I'm going to fulfill it. And each one of you today, here in this room and online, you have a purpose in life. God has a purpose for you to love and be loved. And you may feel like that, that, that you know, hey, I don't feel very loved. But I want you to know that you're looking for love in the wrong places if you don't feel loved. Because obviously you can come here to this church and we're going to love on you. You know, you, you, can, you can know that. You, you, you got to go to where God leads you and God guides you. You can't just decide that you're going to try to find love in these places that are unhealthy for you. But if you look, you're looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Um, but family was not our idea. Family was God's idea. God said, Adam and Eve, male and female. And then he said, I want you to be fruitful and I want you to multiply and have a family. From the very beginning of time, God wanted family. He wanted uh, a husband and wife and kids and, and grandkids and aunts and uncles and all this kind of stuff like that. You know, and he wanted us to do that. And he wanted us to have a family. It's God's idea. And since it's God's idea, he will help us grow in to being able to handle um, our family. Even if there's dysfunction in your family, God will help you handle that dysfunction in a healthy way. See, God should be 
the center of our homes. You know, we sing this song, Jesus be the center you know, of my life. You know, Jesus be the center of my heart. Well, Matthew 6, 33 says, seek, in the King James, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, in, in New LT, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If you want God to be the center of your life, the center of your home, then you have to, to seek God's kingdom first. Seek the kingdom of God, his righteousness. Seek who he is and what the word of God, <coughs> excuse me, and what the word of God says, that we're, how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to address life. You know, Joshua 24 and 15 is a wonderful scripture. But as for me and my family, or me and my house, based on what version you're looking at, it says, I will serve the Lord. The Lord. My mother-in-law had this on her uh, her door as far as I, back as I can remember was since I was a teenager. And whenever, whenever she came to live with us, um, I, I took it off the door before we sold the house, and I put it on my door, for one, so we can re- remember mom always. But second off, so, so anybody that walks up to my door, whether they're a salesman, whether they're an atheist, whether they're ready to pick a fight, I don't care why you come to my door, you need to understand, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So whatever you're coming up to me with, you've got to understand, I'm going to serve God first. And that's what we got to do. But there is something powerful about sharing your passions. And in, in relationships, as boyfriend and girlfriend, as marriage, in marriage, and also in life and relationships, that you, sh- you share the same passion, you know, and the same, same mission. One of the greatest things is about, about life is, is in marriage is that you have the same mission. You may have different paths God's taken you on, but your mission will be the same. So your paths will run parallel. If your paths do not run parallel and you're on a path for a mission over here and they're on a path of a mission over here, you can see how divorce is imminent, right? And so we got to stay on, on the same mission together and run that parallel path. It may be a different path, but you're on the same mission. And it is, you got to say, hey, my mission, uh, his mission isn't my mission. His mission is our mission. And I see a lot of couples make their children their mission. And that's, what that, that's where you get in trouble because once the mission is complete, and your children are out of the house, you have empty nest syndrome, then you don't have a mission no more, and you don't know each other. And it's very important for each, the husband and wife to be the main mission. Now, love your kids with all your heart, mind, and strength, but you've got to know that one day they won't be around, and you won't know who you're living with at that point. So important. If you're single, you th- then what you need to be doing is, is you need to be praying for your future spouse, that God already has them on, the, on that mission and they may, that you're on a mission too, and you, you may be running parallel, way kind of far apart, the same mission, and just, you need to be praying that God will take and bring y'all closer and closer together till you get to the place where you're together, and you can have a relationship and possibly even get married, right? You know, and today on Valentine's Day, a lot of uh, uh, singles get sad, and, but I don't know why, because what it means is God is still working on your love story. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that you're bad, you're, not, you're unlovable, you're uncared for, that you're, you're this bad, evil person, or you can't have love. It means God's still working on your love, your love story, and he wants to help you get the perfect person. But you've got to keep seeking, and as I said, well, I go keep seeking in the right places. Number two, God intended for his church to be a family. And if you're single, you say, but I don't have relationships, I don't want that kind of relationship, but I want a family. Well, you know what? Hey, here we are, 4825 Randall Parkway. Galatians 3.28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. When we become Christians, we become brothers and sisters in Christ. We are one. We are a family. 
I talk about that all the time. Pastor Doug, you do talk about that a lot because I want us to be able to, to fulfill what the Word of God says about the church. We're not supposed to be people that meet up at church. Hey, thank you, Pastor, and then you all leave. We're supposed to be family. We're supposed to talk to one another. We're supposed to build relationships with one another. We're supposed to be family and take care of each other's needs. That's what they did back in the day in the Bible. They walked around from house to house taking care of each other's needs. Whatever they needed, they did. You know, And so it's really important. To know that the family, family extends beyond biological relatives. How many know that you're closer to some people in this house right here than you are your, your relatives? Right? You know, I know, I know Miss, Miss Diane Boykin is watching right now. Um, I saw her on the earlier, and she's told me many times she had to move um, out of town, and she moved closer to her family, thank God. But she's told me before, she said, I don't have a lot of family around here. She said, this church is my family, Pastor Doug. You know, she said that. I've heard many of you say that. That this, this church is here. When you need something, this is who you call. You know, and we want to be that for you. We want to help you with that. You know, the church is supposed to be a place where labels disappear. Out in this world, you know, when you stand side by side, side, by side there may be different levels. You're staying on a, a, a podium first, second, and third. Maybe on, on your worth, maybe your, your value, your, your, your houses, your, your rela- all this stuff. You got first, second, and third. But when you come at the foot of the cross, it's all level. You know, it does not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it shouldn't, when you're in this house, it should not matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your race. It does not matter about your politic affiliation. It does not matter about your, your past. And it, all we are is one family united together that love one another because we have this in common, that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love each other. We care for one another. And when you're in this room and, and around these people in this house, we, and, and Christians out there, it, it shouldn't be a question of, how much money you got or, or who you this. It, we need to focus on our unity in Christ. I've told you all many times before, I have several people that, 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 um, that um, are Christian brothers and sisters in Christ, and I totally disagree with different things about them in their life, how they live their life, how they, how they raise their family. So I'm like, well, that's jacked up right there. But you know what? But when I'm around, I don't, we, I don't talk about that. We, we talk about God. We talk about love. We talk about family, and we talk about each other, and we lift one another up. You, see, you hear me say it 24-7, what you focus on, you fuel. So when you get with somebody, if you, focus, if you focus on what you agree on, things will go a whole lot better. There's nothing wrong with debate. But when you're in a family, you know, people don't like schisms in families. So let's just focus on what we agree on and what we love about one another and let God um, pray for one another and let God change what needs to be changed in us. Amen. That was good, if y'all believe it or not. That's why, that's why in a church, events, activities, outreaches, small groups, um, life groups, you know, um, kingdom groups, uh, impact groups, whatever we want to call them. Um, uh, that's why they're so important because it, it brings us together in one focus and one mind. And it helps us agree together on something, where, you know, if we're doing an outreach, you know, with boots on the ground. We're all there helping that, that community. You know, when we have, uh, you know, our funnel cake festival, we're all here working together for our community. You know, when, when we have different events inside the church, when we have this um, five-year anniversary, you know, coming up here, um, which was in January, but we're celebrating in March. But the thing is, is that when we come together, we're going to come and unify that this is, man, this is our anniversary. This isn't the church's anniversary. No, this is our anniversary. Now, yeah, but Pastor, I hadn't been here but two years. Okay, you know what? My daughter hadn't been here but 16 years of my life. Does that not make her family? She's still family, right? If you have a brand new baby... They, they, ain't, well, they ain't been here but three months. They ain't family yet. No. I don't care if you show up today or you show up on the 7th. You're family. 
You come in, we're gonna, I'm going to make sure that we work and act as a family. And when the, if there's not, then I'm going to be the daddy and say, hey, that, we're not going to have that in here now, right? But, but, but we've always said every soul that comes to that door, you know, matters to God. And it's our job to love them and care for them. We may have different methods, but we all have the same mission. Kingdom Life, um, Kingdom Impact's uh, mission is we exist to impact our culture, um, with the love of God through real relationships. And that's what we got to understand. That's what we are. That's who we are. That's Kingdom Impact Wilmington. This is why we exist, to go make relationships with people in the world and, and through real relationship and show the real love of God. That's what we're here for. And we do that through inspiring love, life, and relationships. Number three, we are defined by our love. Here's some beautiful scriptures. Number one. I am in them, this is Jesus talking, <coughs> I am in them, and you are in me. He's talking to God. You know, he, Christ is in us, God is in Jesus, they're, they're all, they're the Trinity. May they, may they experience, he's talking about us, may they experience the perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them as much as, that you, that you love them as much as you love me. How beautiful is that? So, so he's saying, God, you're in me, I'm in them. Me and you are one. We're the Trinity, God, Father, God, Son, God, the Holy, Holy Spirit. We're all one. And God, I hope that, that they are able to be one as we are one. I hope they are, that they are be able to share the gospel of Christ to the world so that people will know that you love them as much as you love me. Right there. He, he, that scripture is telling us that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That's why it says we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Everything Christ owns, I own too. That's what Scripture says, right? You know, so, so the thing is, we're, we're brothers with, with Christ. He's our brother, right? And so here, here's another beautiful Scripture, and it's in the message. I love the message translation because it just lays it out so beautiful. Listen to this in Philippians chapter, one, um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. See, Paul, Paul was big time on unity. Paul, didn't, Paul did not like disunity. Paul was, if, if, if a church w was getting out of order, he called them out. And Paul had the, the church of Philippi, and they were very unified. And when they got out of, out of place, he let them know it. But here's what he said. He said, if you've gotten anything out of, out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push away, um, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand, enough to lend a helping hand. Is that not just a beautiful scripture? Ah, I, I just read that, and after I read it and studying it, I, I just read it again. Because it's like, that's so pretty. I just love how he's saying that. No matter what happens, if you care, if you love one another, agree with one another, be deep-spirited friends, don't push your way to the top, mind your friend. And what we always say, though, is like, hey, yes, Pastor Doug, that's fine, but i got to get mine. i got to get what's mine. i got to care about me first. If I don't care about me, nobody else will. No, here's the deal. If you truly care about other people before yourself, God will make sure you have everything you've ever needed and more. Exceedingly abundantly above more than you even ask. I promise you, I have lived this. You know, I, as a youth pastor, 
I was trying to do, do good and be the man and all this kind of stuff. And I had a wise, a wise uh, man tell me one time, he said, Doug, he said, you got to understand a slingshot shot event. And I said, what do you mean? He said, the slingshot effect. The slingshot effect is you help somebody else. You take all your goals and dreams, and you put yours on the shelf, and you help somebody else meet their goals and dreams, and all yours will come true. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I didn't believe it. But then I began to do that, and I became, be, tried to, to, to honor my pastor and, and help him. And I, 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 did, I had dreams and goals in life, but I put them aside for a season to help my pastor reach his, his goals. You know, as, as I'm talking about both of us being in ministry the same and working together. And I did that and did that. And now look where I am right now. All my dreams are coming true because I'm here with you. Because I did that because I took time and helped somebody else get their dreams met. And God said, you know what? Because you've been faithful, because you've been where you're supposed to be at, and you've been committed to helping somebody else, I promise you I'm going to make all your dreams come true. Amen. The DNA of the church is relational love. The foundation. So many churches talk about, well, we're the lovingest church in town, and they're full of liars. Because they're not. Right? Have you ever been in one of those churches? I have. You know? Now, I can't handle it all. I can't keep tabs on every single person in here. You know? But I, but I want us to be that. I strive to be that. I try to, I try to, um, to be an example of that. And I, try to, I tr strive to embellish that to you so we can all be that and i feel like we, we not we, we're working on it we, we maybe we not may not be there we not may not be i cannot talk this one praise jesus we may not be all that we may, may not be able to feel the armor yet of being the most loving church in town but we can grow into it can't we together come on see you know we're supposed to love one another if we're going to impact our city not hate have hate towards one another not not hate this or that but love see we're, we're right before um covid came man we were in a we were in a good place we were pretty unified we had a, a church full of people we had new people coming every single week and man we were about to i believe we we're about to really set off you know i think i feel like things were really about to take off and then covid happened and then the devil divided and now we are in our reunifying stage Right now, it's where we're coming back together, talking to one another. Hey, I miss you. I hadn't seen you. And we are reconnecting these relationships, rebuilding that love in one another and sharing with one another, calling one another on the phone. You know, I don't know. I'm trying to call people every week and, 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 and check on people and see how things are going. And, and, that, and if you need something, go to the prayer request online and I'll get to you. We'll find out what you need and, and I'll, I'll deal with it. We'll pray for you. Um, and uh, Jay and Sherry will put you on a prayer list and we'll go from there. But we're in a reunifying stage. So when we come, we need to be intentional about when we're here. We need to talk to people, love people, share. We need to, during the week, make some phone calls and tell them that we missed it. See, in the culture, that it, in our culture, is so divided by labels. You know? It's so divided. Everything's divided by labels. You're this or you're that. You're this or you're that. Or you're, you're them or us. And I said the other week, I, I don't want us to deal with, I think it's so, so repulsive to God that it's us versus them. That is absolutely the antithetical uh, agreement to, to unity. It's, it's unity is not us versus them. It's us. Right? And if you, aren't, if you aren't unified and you don't really love, then what's happening is you're a loner. If you're like, yeah, I'm not really unified, I'm, not, I'm a loner. But see, if you're a loner, guess what happens? If you know anything about sheep and wolves and stuff like that, the sheep that separates itself from the pack and becomes a loner, they're the first one to get attacked. And destroyed. You need to stay with the pack. Unify. 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, it look, um, I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but, the, but by the content of their heart. Jesus kind of said something like that in John chapter 13, verses 35. Your love for one another will prove that you are my disciples. That we love one another, that we all get along, that we, everybody cares for one another. Number four, we should take care of one another. Galatians 6 and 10. Therefore, when we have an opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. But why is it saying the family of faith first? Well, because you take care of those in the house of God and you unify. Then as a unit, as a, as a family, you can go out and minister to the world. But if you go out in the world on your own, and you're not unified, sometimes the enemy attacks. The enemy bombards you. He bullies you. So you've got to be with other people. So we come to the house of God, and we come together, and we unify in one mind and one accord, and we get together, and we take care of each other, and then we go out there and show them how we took care of each other. Take care of each other, and, and then go help the lost. If you can't take care of your own people, then you can't take care of nobody else, Right? If you, as, if you as a father or, or, or a mom, if you can't take care of your own children, don't be trying to go help nobody else's children. Right? That, that's what I mean there. That we need to take care of our own. So now, uh, number five. God wants you in his family. 1 Peter 3 and 8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love one another as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep an humble attitude. We're supposed to love each other as brothers and sisters. There shouldn't be nobody in here that you, doesn't, you don't consider yourself a brother or a sister. And it goes bigger than, than just in here. Anybody that's a Christian, we should feel that way about. But maybe you feel like you don't belong anywhere. I want you to know you were, you were designed to be a part of God's family. All it takes is reaching out to Jesus. You belong to the family of God. You belong to Kingdom Impact. We want you. We need you. We, we need your help. We need your efforts. We need you to be a part. You are a missing link in our family. And we need you. Matthew chapter 12 and 50 says, Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother or my sister or my mother. Family. See, Kingdom, Kingdom Impact is a place where nobody's perfect, but you're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. I say that. I, say that, I try to say that most weeks before I leave. You know, this is a place where you can belong before you believe. What are you saying, Pastor Doug? I'm a sinner. I can come to your church and you'll still love me and I'll still be able to belong there? Absolutely. We're not going to wait till you get saved to love on you. We're not going to wait till you get saved to, to, to be a part of your life and try to be there for you. That's the whole part of, of God's gospel is for us being there for people and loving on people who aren't saved so they can become part of the family. Life change happens in the context of meaningful relationships. That's why small groups and, and impact groups are so important because God, God, uh, God really moves quicker in, in, in circles than he does rows. Little tiny circles of, of, of groups of people in small groups of, of four or five or six. Then God can really move in that situation. It's harder to get to know people when there's more people. So relationships is great when it comes to small groups. You have a chance to be impacted. And you have a chance to impact someone else. But see, that doesn't happen from a distance. Um, Howard Hendricks says, you can impress someone from a distance, but you can only impact them from up close. So we need to impact. That's why I say get up, walk across the room, and talk to somebody. Just don't wave and go on. 
Lastly, maybe you don't feel loved today in this room or maybe online. Maybe you don't feel loved Will you come to the right place. Maybe you don't feel like you fit in, that you're a misfit Will you've come to the right place. Maybe you feel like that you aren't needed, you've come to the right place. Maybe you feel like you're not wanted, well, you've come to the right place. Because we love you, we need you, we want you, we want you to be here. Welcome to Kingdom Impact. And we want you, we need you, we need more. We need to continue to grow so we can do more for the kingdom of God. And we're so excited about that. We're so excited about, about our fifth anniversary coming up. And then, and then just a month after that is Easter. So I'm hoping that it's just a, it just b- blows up from there. And I'm hoping that you are safe and that you are doing good. You know, and I understand that we have several people at home today that, 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 are, that have been in the hospital. Uh, not hospital, well, they've been in the hospital, they had surgery. You know, we have several people that are sick, non-COVID, and some that are just dissonance and they don't, they, they don't have COVID necessarily. They, they've just they're separated themselves because they, they were around somebody at work or near somebody. You know, so there's, there's even more people that want to be here today. They've called me and said, man, I want to be there, Pastor. I just can't be there today. But the thing is, 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 is we're going to come together. We're going to love one another. You know, just, just like when you go to work every day, you, just, you, you have faith that God's going to help you and keep you. And if you, get, if you get sick, then he'll heal you. Same way with church. Come to church. You know, hey, I, got, I had it for 18 days. Hopefully you don't have it that bad. But you know what? God touched me and ha- kept me safe, kept me through it. And now I'm on the other end of it. And now I'm fine. So you, we believe that for you as well. But whatever it is, we want you as part of our family. We welcome you into the house of God. And we welcome you to the Kingdom Impact family Welcome, thank you for being here. We love each and every one of you. We care for you. You're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. And if you don't have a place and you don't know where you fit in at, come talk to me. There's a million places we can put you at. We want you to be a part. Don't sit back and say, well, I don't, don't know that I could do anything. Come talk to me. There's lots of things to be done. And we welcome you to be a part. And we love you so much. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Single Awareness Day. Whatever you, however you want to look at it. Happy, happy, happy love day. All right, God bless you and have a wonderful day. Love you so much. Have a great day. God bless.